You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. This episode is brought to you by Palo Alto Networks, the leader in cybersecurity. As AI-driven attacks increase, organizations can't afford to have network security that's stuck in the past. Discover how Palo Alto Networks can help you predict what's coming and proactively secure against it with a zero-trust, AI-powered network security platform built to secure whatever, whenever, wherever. To learn more, visit paloaltonetworks.com slash network security platform. When it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices, things can get complicated and time-consuming fast. Now you can assess risk, secure the trust of your customers, and automate compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more with a single platform, Vanta. Vanta's leading trust management platform helps you continuously monitor compliance alongside reporting and tracking risk. Plus, save time by completing security questionnaires with Vanta AI. Learn why thousands of global companies use Vanta to automate evidence collection, unify risk management, and streamline security reviews. Watch Vanta's on-demand demo at vanta.com cyber. That's V-A-N-T-A dot cyber. Our podcast team is taking a break this week from the daily news. But don't fret, you can get your daily dose of cybersecurity news at our website, thecyberwire.com. In the meantime, we've got interviews for you this week, some interesting people we've talked to throughout the year. So stay with us. Hey, everybody, I want to take a few minutes here and talk about our sponsor, Splunk. You know, you need to keep operations humming around the clock, but potential disruptions are everywhere. Splunk helps you predict problems and find and fix issues fast so you can reduce risk and ditch downtime. The world's largest enterprises rely on Splunk's unified security and observability platform to become more efficient, resilient, and innovative. With Splunk, you can react quickly, evolve faster, and be ready for anything. Stay ahead of disruptions. Learn more at splunk.com slash resilience. In the complex world of enterprise identity, securing legacy web apps at scale can be daunting. Strata Identity makes it simple. With Strata, you can effortlessly integrate non-standard apps with any identity service, like MFA or SSO, with zero coding and zero hassle. Designed by identity architects for identity architects, Strata works with every vendor, standard, and app architecture. This means your apps can now speak modern protocols and integrate seamlessly with your chosen identity services. From securing on-prem web apps to migrating away from outdated identity providers or consolidating them, Strata helps you keep your complex access policies as you modernize your identity infrastructure and get rid of technical debt. Join leading organizations like 3M, Dallas County, and CIBC in securing your apps with Strata. 
Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity security priorities, and receive a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations with over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. My guest today is Scott Schober. He's the president of Berkeley Veritronic Systems and author of the book Hacked Again. In the book, he shares his own story of finding himself hacked and how that began an unintentional journey toward becoming an author and cybersecurity expert. Well, as a company, we have for many years, and this really goes back to about mid to late 80s, developed wireless test equipment to build out the cellular networks, everything to do to make our cell phones work. So we understand a fair amount about cell phone technology and maybe more particular uh, radio frequency, how signals propagate. And in the process of all that, we also learn a lot about the vulnerabilities. And we started to sell more and more more to law enforcement groups. Uh, We've sold cellular interceptors in the past to catch bad guys and drug dealers and things like that. So we've always had a a crisscross in that industry, but but more and more in probably the past five years, as we started to develop some of our tools, the focus became more and more on security. Security, because our smartphones can do everything, and they could be eavesdropping devices and can be used for spying of all types. So uh, in the process of all that, um, I started sharing tips and how to stay safe and so on and so forth. Well, the more I started educating people and sharing with different audiences, the more I became a target. And as I became a target, we started to receive uh, various attacks on our business and myself personally. And it kind of all started with a credit card, a debit card, our Twitter account compromised, uh, repeated DDoS attacks to our website. Uh, The list goes on and on. But at one point, we had uh, $65,000 taken out of our checking account, and it became a uh, federal investigation and a big ordeal. And and shortly after that point, I realized, uh, obviously, this is not coincidence when these things are happening to my business, A to Z, as well as myself personally. And I started sharing the story with a couple people. And and after a while, everyone said, geez, this is an interesting story. You learned a lot in the process. You really should share some of this with people. And in the end of it, it it became... uh, an idea that turned into to writing a little bit, which turned into a book, and uh, I put it out there and, and got even more attention, I guess, as a result of it, even though that wasn't really my intent. The intent was really to educate people and share my story of what I learned, the mistakes I made in the process, so hopefully readers uh, and the audience could learn how to stay safe from hackers, because it seemed like the problem was getting worse, not better. When you look back on those days when you got hacked, when you look at uh, the security measures that you had in place, were, were, did you think they were adequate at the time? Was it something that you put a whole lot of thought into? Yeah, great question. And, and uh, actually, I'm probably like everybody else. I thought, I'm not going to be a target. I'm pretty safe. I'm careful. Uh, I wouldn't say I was paranoid back then. I, I am now paranoid in contrast. But uh, some of the areas I probably was a little lax in were uh, certainly passwords. And many people, and I, I preach this all the time now, and yet if I look back in history, I, I was a I was guilty of this too. Uh, using weak passwords, easy to remember, 
reusing the same password across multiple sites is a big no-no. And was I guilty of that? Yeah, I'll admit it, I was. Um, and some of those things I think played into making it easier to be a victim and be targeted by hackers so they're successful. So we all need to take caution and use long and strong passwords. And yet we hear it every single day, but typically when I present at uh, cybersecurity events or business seminars or wherever, I usually like to poll the audience, and I find that a good percentage of people, and I would probably say maybe 40-plus percent of the people, still are using weak passwords and reuse their passwords across multiple sites, which con con really is concerning to me and should concern everybody that's listening to just stop and take your time and, and create long and strong passwords. It, it would save yourself so much aggravation because... I always relate that if you look at all the major breaches, they all have one thing in common, and it's over 80% of them. It's somehow a password was compromised. That means that's one thing in our control. We can create long and strong passwords that are hard to hack, and the hackers will move on to the next victim. You mentioned in the book that there's a, a tendency, maybe even a natural tendency, for people to not want to talk about uh, you know, what happened to them when they got hacked. But but you say, no, we should really share these stories. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I was no different. Um, when this happened to me, I was a little embarrassed and, and embarrassed from uh, family, friends, work colleagues, business associates, general public. I, you don't want to tell people that you have weaknesses or that you let your guard down or you were even targeted. Um, at one point, I, I got a phone call. It was actually from the Associated Press, and they got wind of my story and said, do you mind if we talk to you a little bit about, um, you know, as a small business owner and some things about security? And I said, well, okay. And they, then they brought up, well, we heard that you were compromised. And I said, geez, I don't know if I want to delve into that and share my full story. And they said, well, we really do want to hear it from you as a business owner because other business owners then can protect themselves so they don't go down that same path. And I said, geez, you know what? If this is going to help one other business owner, it's worth it because I don't want anybody to go through the aggravation that I went through. So th that helped me at that moment in time during that interview. I, I kind of clicked the switch and said, you know what? Maybe, maybe it's my mission to share these things, even though it's embarrassing as all means. It, it might help other people, and they're going to take active steps because I learned how to take active steps and be more proactive with my security posture. Other people can do the same without having to be embarrassed or intimidated or even spend a lot of money for that part. Just using best practices and common sense can do a world of goods fighting cybercrime. As we go through the book, I mean, you, you really go through and, and cover most of the uh, the threats that are out there. In your mind, what are the top ones that people need to uh, be wary of? Well, besides what I mentioned with, with passwords, I think one that comes up to me almost on a, a daily basis is, is just people always asking me about, hey, is this email legitimate? Is this a phishing attack? How do I identify it? So there's a lot of simple things you can do out there just to identify if it is truly a phishing attack. And, uh, and, and basically a phishing attack, for those that are not familiar with it, is where you're, rec you're receiving an email and it's got a, an attachment in it that seems extremely credible. And it, you want to click on it because you think it's a document from a coworker or somebody that you know. And since it's so convincing, you don't even think twice. So I always caution people, stop. 
analyze it, ask yourself, is this person going to really send me this? Am I expecting this? If you're unsure, don't click, pick up the phone, send them a text, send them a separate email directly, whatever it is, just to verify, take a, a moment to make sure you're not making a mistake because they look so convincing. And I'll share a brief um, experience. This happened not too long ago. It's not in the book, but uh, I was heading away for a vacation and I was just checking my email, closing down my computer. I disconnected from the internet to be safe because I'm again paranoid. But in the process of that, I saw an email come up from my cable company and I read it and it says that I have to update my credentials on their website. And I'm thinking, well, that's weird. I never go to their website. So I was about to click it and then I stopped and said, and, and somewhere in the message it said, otherwise we're going to have to shut your cable off. And I said, oh, it'll be a mess to, to, to get that back going again. I said, wait, this makes absolutely no sense. I don't pay my bill through their website. I don't log on to their website. Why would I click on here? So I, I figured, let me call their 1-800 customer support number and, and mention this. It looks like it might be a scam. I get the customer support representative on the phone and I said, miss, I said, I, I received this email. It tells me to click update my login information there or my cable will be terminated. I said, this makes absolutely no sense. And she goes, oh, no, no, sir. That's a standard email. Just make sure you click on there and follow the instructions and update your, your username and your password. I, I just got off the phone with somebody saying the same thing. And I said, wait, stop. I said, this is a scam. She goes, no, it isn't, sir. I just got off the phone with someone. I said, put your manager on. The manager comes on. I explain the whole thing. He goes, thank you, sir. We're going to have to talk to her and give her some more training about um, email phishing scams. <laughs> so here it was. I was paranoid. I almost clicked. I called the company itself and was about to, if I followed through and clicked, and the average customer probably would do that because it sounded so convincing. She was just misinformed. But you could see how you can go down the path and things sound too good to be true and seem like they're innocent and okay. You click on there, and, and certainly what would have happened, more than likely, I would have probably had malware downloaded on my system or ransomware or whoever. You know, Who knows what could have happened there, but fortunately I stopped. So half the time, best practices is stop and question things. Make a phone call, investigate it. Take your time, otherwise you could be the victim of, uh, of ransomware or a specific uh, malware that gets downloaded onto your computer. The book does a, does a really good job of explaining all the different types of attacks, and, and uh, one of the things I like about it is it's it's really approachable, even for people who may not know much about the security world. Um, for those of us who are professionals, who are in the security world, what kind of take-homes would they get from the book? Uh, great question. I, I try to, to to balance that for somebody that's truly a novice to somebody that's really more maybe an IT professional, somebody that has knowledge about cybersecurity. Those that have knowledge, I think what they'll probably find, and I've heard a couple people say this, yeah, we know it, it won't happen to me. But again, it's going to make you stop and hopefully back up and think a little bit deeper and analyze things. So again, if you're if you're creating what you think is a long and strong password, for example, even if you're a cybersecurity expert and think, well, this ain't going to happen to me. This is 12 characters, blah, blah, blah. Maybe you want to take the next step. Maybe you want to consider using a password manager, or perhaps you want to test the, the validity and strength of your password. So it's, it's hopefully pushing people, even with expertise, to go a little bit further and make sure that they're putting up their defenses so that they're not going to be the victim of a cyber attack. And hopefully those that are savvy and do understand the world of cybersecurity and educate people, they might back up and think, well, you know what? If this happened to him, maybe it can happen to me and I shouldn't be complacent. I shouldn't be in denial 
So a fair amount of this is psychological. We have to almost get into the hacker's mind and understand what is their intent, what's their motive. And when we can understand that, we can then transition and say, okay, here's what I could do to make their job difficult. It's not going to be impossible because everything is hackable in my opinion. Nothing is 100% secure. We have to go in with that mindset so we can take steps. Again, whether we're novice or whether we're an expert, we have to take proactive steps to make their job harder. When we do that, they will move on to the next target every single time because generally, as a statement, hackers are lazy. They're looking for that low-hung fruit. They want to move in. They want to get out, and they, they want to cover their path and not be detected so they can, can accumulate whatever they're accumulating or stealing. As you were making your way through the, the research process for the book, did you come across anything that was particularly surprising? Um, I, I think thinking back, as I was writing it, and I was able to somewhat relate it to different things throughout my life, I, I was surprised at how many other people I talked to in the process that were going through similar pains. And, and I, I kind of thought at first, well, this is just happening to me. But I was sharing the story as I was writing it, and then people would kind of comment back and say, you know, yeah, I had my credit card compromised too. You know, I had my debit card. What a pain it was to get the money back in the process. And I asked the bank, and they didn't provide information. So I, what I found was in my one story that thought, I thought was very isolated and targeted, which it was, there are thousands of other stories of consumers and business owners and so on and so forth. So what I realized, I am not alone. And there really is strength in sharing information. And that's the number one thing that came out of this. The more I share, the more people share their stories back. They share their tips, the products they use, what works and what doesn't work. And why is that such a valuable lesson? And I think I touch on this in the book. In, in the world of of, of cyber thieves in, in the dark web, they share information often freely, uh, effective hacking campaigns, effective hacking tools, know-how. That sharing of information empowers them to be very effective at hacking people and very successful. But yet on the, on the surface level with consumers and small business owners, government agencies, re, real, you know, uh, retail everyone, we don't share enough information. One small business owner may be compromised and keeps that a secret. Well, the guy across the street may be suffering the same thing or may have those same vulnerabilities. If we collectively as a community of good guys share this information, we come together, we will all be safer. So that was a great takeaway that as I got into the process, I, again, started out as an island but then I think I, I kind of opened up the floodgates of, of, and I get literally today, I just got off a phone call before this. People were asking for advice, asking questions. What product do I use? Would I be willing to try this and get, give them their feedback? I, I enjoy that hearing from different individuals, their experiences, good, bad, and ugly keeps me safer, my business safer. And hopefully I could share these things back with the greater community to keep everyone safer. Our thanks to Scott Schober for joining us. The title of the book is Hacked Again. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.
Managing the requirements for modern security programs is increasingly challenging and time-consuming. Enter Vanta. Vanta gives you one place to centralize and scale your security program, quickly assess risk, streamline security reviews, and automate compliance for ISO 27001, SOC 2, and more. You can leverage Vanta's market-leading trust management platform to unify risk management and secure the trust of your customers. Plus, use Vanta AI to save time when completing security questionnaires. CyberWire daily listeners can get $1,000 off by going to vanta.com slash cyber. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash cyber. Cyber.